Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Planorama podcast, brought to you by the Ryerson Planning Alumni Association. Planorama is a fun, easy-listening, interview-style podcast where each episode we'll be chatting with Ryerson planning grads from all age ranges, programs, and backgrounds. We'll be talking about everything from favorite planning buzzwords to favorite field trip memories. And I'm your host, Ashley Patton. Today I interviewed Catherine Globich, an active transportation planner who works with the City of Calgary. Catherine and I met on our field trip to Washington, D.C. when I was in my third year, and she was back finishing up one of her last required classes. We stayed in touch over the years, and it was great to chat with Catherine to learn more about her story, her experiences, and her work out in Calgary. So here's my chat with Catherine. Yeah, so with me I have uh, Catherine Globich from the City of Calgary. Um, Catherine, did you just want to introduce yourself, kind of where you're working? When did you graduate? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, as Ashley has mentioned, my name is Catherine. I graduated with a Bachelor's of Urban and Regional Planning from Ryerson in 2015. Um, and I've been, I work as an active transportation planner at the City of Calgary in the Transportation Department. Um, and we first met on our third year, well, it was my third year field trip in D.C., and so you said you graduated in 2015. Did, did you take the classes with the rest of the 2015 graduating class, or from what I remember, you had taken a few years? You're remembering that correctly, Ashley. I had actually taken a few years off and had worked a little bit and taken the bulk of my courses uh, between 2009, 2010, and then just had a few uh, last courses to finish up and then graduated and finished up and got the degree in 2015. Um, and what brought you into planning? Yeah, I've, I've always been pretty curious. And I think when I, I think that traveling definitely played a role in building that curiosity and exploring particularly cities, but also natural areas and kind of seeing how the mix of how people, uh, mix in with history and art and how, how cities are both unique and similar in a lot of ways. And ultimately, I think it was uh, an urban studies course I took at McMaster University that exposed me to really the complexity of cities. And we had done a project looking at the history of the Kensington Market area in Toronto. And I just thought, it's fantastic. Like, you know, we see a place today, but to know that people have been gathering and coming and communities have been being built in that place for, you know, many, many decades before what we're seeing today uh, really got me to want to be involved in planning. And then I always knew I wanted a job where I would kind of uh, be working towards making my own community, wherever I was living, a better place and something that uh, I think that was within a career choice that I wanted, uh, something that was really important to me. So it seemed like planning was a good fit at the end of the day for, for kind of between sort of meeting both my personal needs, uh, allowing me to stay curious and as well as sort of uh, be part of change and, and being able to look back many decades from now and see how a city's changed over time. 
And so are you from Toronto originally or um, how did you kind of hear about Ryerson? Yeah, I had, I grew up in St. Catharines and I had studied, uh, I have a bachelor in arts and science uh, from McMaster university. Okay. And so I'd been living in Hamilton for a number of years. And when I was sort of thinking about what to do an arts and science degree is, um, you know, great in terms of uh, developing critical thinking skills, research skills, but I wanted to add towards something a bit more tangible that could be, you know, pr- provide me with the, with skills that would allow me to be employed after afterwards. So in having taken that urban studies class, I thought, oh, this is really, really interesting. When I started looking into, you know, potential sort of career opportunities, urban planning obviously came to the forefront. And what attracted me to Ryerson's program was that they did have, I was part of the sort of the, the two-year program because I'd already had the the first degree and I was able to sort of, you know, I also really liked the studio courses because it gave me that sort of hands-on experience that I was looking for. Uh, so it seemed like the perfect sort of uh, mix to come to Ryerson. So you were part of the PLAB program, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that. Yeah. Um, so what, my next question is, what did you think planning was when you were in school or kind of before school versus what you understand it to be today? And maybe you know, working in both Alberta and Ontario, if you, if it's different than, than what you expected it to be or? Well, I think in my role really since, uh, I've kind of focused, I would say my area of specialty is really the active transportation piece in Ontario. I had worked in the nonprofit sector with share the road cycling coalition and, uh, working in safe routes to school programs as well. And then here in Calgary and Alberta, I'm working with the city in active transportation. So I think when I was in school, although I knew that there must be people that are helping plan bike lanes, cycle tracks, pathways, improve pedestrian experiences for people traveling around the city on foot, I didn't really know that the, what that job quite was, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So I think that I guess, you know, for, from my perspective, I thought planning was far a lot more focused in terms of land use when I was in school. Um, and I guess I, I felt like maybe I wasn't as exposed to especially the active transportation pieces until I sort of started working in that area um, and realized it was a really great fit for me because part of that wanting to sort of leave an impact um, and see it, you know, sort of change in my own community, you know, people have to get around a city every day. And the more options that we can provide them, the better because it, you know, creates a resiliency within the network. And I think something else that I maybe didn't realize as well when I was in school as well, you know, coming into having worked uh, for a few years was, you know, the pace of implementation and how we can really see change and impact really quickly, especially in the types of projects that I work on. So, you know, my five years of living here in Calgary, you know, we, we implemented a network of cycle tracks and saw, you know, lots and lots of a uh, big increase in uh, the, the, you know, the types, both in terms of the, the absolute number of trips and the people that are coming into downtown by bike, as well as we're seeing more women and children riding um, their bikes downtown, which is great to see. So I think that, you know, having seen that change over an 18 month pilot period and the whole project length was length was just, you know, three years is, is fascinating and really great to see. 
and yeah. really inspiring for future projects, in, yeah, in my and opinion. And that's pretty incredible for, for Calgary, you know, a four-season, very, very extreme seasons, and, you know, Calgary is typically, typically known as an automobile-dominant city. For, that, for those changes to occur, that's, that's quite incredible. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, you touch on the sort of, uh, you know, I think you're, you're touching on the weather where we're, we're considered a bit of a winter city, but also seeing that when you create, you know, a, a robust network, um, a, a place where people feel safe to ride their bike, and then you snow clear it in the winter months, um, you also start to see an increase in the number of people that are riding year round because they're seeing it as an actual viable transportation option that they can use year round and in calgary you know you're from i know you're from alberta so you've you've heard of the calgary chinooks so we yeah. actually have we have a lot of days in winter uh when it's actually you know really nice out and especially if it hasn't snowed for the last little while the you know the surface is clear and yeah um you know people kind of tell us the biggest barrier to to cycling year round is more the, the presence of snow so clearing that off kind of removes that barrier and then having a protected facility, uh, be it a pathway or, or a cycle track to get to where they want to go is, goes a long way. Um, so my next question is, I don't, again, I, I kind of, we wrote this thinking about kind of the Ontario planning regime, but if you were a provincial policy document, which one would you be and why? Or if there's kind of the Alberta equivalent? Yeah, no, I, I gave some thought to that question because you're right. Um, we, you know, in Alberta, I have found, especially in transportation planning, um, we're not we don't we're not as tied to sort of that provincial policy as as closely. But actually, uh, it's just that my answer is the absence of a of a specific policy. Um, Alberta doesn't have a cycling strategy. Ontario, uh, within the last few years, has passed a cycling strategy where funding was approved to help and support and promote cycling in communities across Ontario, and you know with the sort of Alberta's lack of a cycling strategy, funding from the province. We don't, you know, we're in the works of creating uh, with other municipalities, uh, design guidance for bikeways provincially. Ontario has that as well. So, you know, I think if I were to be a provincial policy document, I would be that because that means it would exist. So, <laughs> uh, so that I think is, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see there's an effort to get a national cycling uh, strategy in place. And I think that's really important, but it'd be great to see uh, a provincial one as well. Interesting. Um, so kind of some more fun questions about your time at Ryerson, but did you have a, um, so we all went on the field trips, there mm -hmm. field trips. Um, what was your favorite or best field trip memory that you had on those field trips? Um, yeah, I think, so I, I went to Cincinnati for one of my field trips and I really really liked it I think it was a city that I never would have traveled to on my own I probably wouldn't have chosen to take a holiday or vacation in Cincinnati but I was just you know I was just really it, it reminded me a lot of Hamilton and having spent time studying with Master and getting to know uh, Hamilton both sort of the university campus but specifically the downtown you know, I saw some similarities sort of in, in a city that, you know, previously sort of a post-industrial city, uh, trying to, you know, revitalize the downtown, bring more people to, to, you know, you know, really make the downtown a place that's sort of a, you know, 24-7, seven days a week kind of place, not just sort of a Monday to Friday place where people come into work. 
Um, I also was impressed with the historical buildings in Cincinnati. Again, similar to Hamilton, there's this gorgeous architecture. Uh, I remember kind of being taken to one of the the, the train stations, the main train station, and just being in awe of the, the beautiful architecture and just seeing how you know, the city is, is really, really uh, beautiful in a lot of ways. And then also getting out to some of the inner city neighborhoods and seeing sort of that, you know, uh, more locally owned coffee shops and restaurants and, and having a chance to get out and explore just even beyond the downtown. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was my best field trip simply, again, because it was unexpected. I, I didn't expect to, uh, I had no sort of uh, thoughts on what Cincinnati would or wouldn't be. But uh, I, I really liked it. I think I liked it for that reason. Yeah, and I think what's funny about the field trips is, I, I know for me, I didn't have a lot of time to, other than the project and the kind of the research project we were given, I didn't have a lot of time to research, you know, what neighborhoods I was going to go to. And you kind of just end up going there and, and exploring it on a whim. But that's kind of a, a beautiful way to explore a city is just kind of, you know, just going by the seat of your pants. Exactly. And I, I think even we were we ended up walking around and seeing this awesome live band playing a little, you know, hole in the wall pub one evening. And it was just one of those kind of memories where I've actually for years, I still sometimes like there were really cool sort of rockabilly style, um, just authentic Cincinnati band. It was it was great. I don't think that I, you know, I kind of look them up every once in a while. I don't think they've made it big or anything like that, but they still still play shows and uh there's something just, again, something special about kind of uh, exploring a place and just stumbling upon things. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite professor at Ryerson when you were there? Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I, you know, in, in a, I guess I don't really, again, have an answer specifically for this one because I thought, I think everyone kind of stood out, I think, in the sense that what I really valued about Ryerson, which I didn't know when I was uh, deciding to go to Ryerson, was that... The, the professors all have this balance of sort of the academic and professional practice that they maintain both. And I think that that brings in a lot of real world experience and a lot of like lived experience that when I was studying at McMaster with more traditionally academic professors, you didn't necessarily get a lot of that. And I think that, you know, everyone had a different perspective and a different opinion. And I think that that sort of is mimics what you see in real life because you have to work with people that have different approaches and, you know, are coming at a problem or uh, an opportunity from a different, different way and, and coming at it from, you know, sort of their area of expertise and working together and working collaboratively. And I think it was great to see and hear and learn from professors that had sort of that broad type of experience in the planning world and that they were, you know, they had that sort of, uh, current professional practice experience as well. Yeah, I, I found that really valuable as well, because you know that they're not just speaking from a place of theory, but also a place exactly. of just actual experience, you know, dealing with, with people and with municipalities and um, politics. And yeah, I also found that really valuable. And I like that they, I like that the school brings in people as well, just to even teach a course sometimes or to go on a field trip, because it exposes you again to people that are uh, working in different different industries, different sectors, and uh, again, sort of broadens broadens the conversation and, and allows for that diversity. So I thought that's really great. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, did you have a favorite um, project or a class in school? I know you said you really enjoyed the studio projects, um, but if there was another course that really caught your eye or... Yeah, I think my the favorite one that I, I had and uh, was was actually one of my studio courses. It was uh, a, a project that we did in a group about, uh, it was, it took place with the Prince Edward County Economic Development Group, and it was to help them um, and, you know, help them sort of look at how can Prince Edward County create an environment that's favorable for creative industries. And so these are things like local creative industries, like making you know, wine barrels or having someone be able to have sheep that then they're going to sell, you know, a special type of, you know, yarn from, from that, from that sheep or having a jamming factory. And how, how can both the municipality, um, you know, we were providing some recommendations on how we can kind of create the environment that would make that favorable and also facilitate some of that rural creative economy. So my, the main reasons I liked it is I thought I loved the, that was exactly it. I loved the complexity of it. I loved that it was this mix of business and people and, uh, you know, also sort of zoning and, and how, how that applies and, and land use planning and, and what we're, what we allow and don't allow and how we uh, define certain activities and how more and more in this world, you know, things are, economies are popping up that don't necessarily fit within the, you know, the sort of, uh, maybe the regulations that we've created. And part of what I really liked was, um, we got a chance to go and spend a night in Prince Edward County and actually do sort of these case studies where we went and spoke with these creative industries and listened to people that were actually trying to start local businesses and the challenges that they were facing. And I think, you know, the, the takeaway that I kind of took away from my own sort of, uh, in, into, you know, now working in a planning field is that, that listening to people and going out and talking and seeing things for yourself is so important because it allows you that sort of, again, that, that more of that experience in, in hearing what someone's going through and what their challenges are. So I liked, I liked that component of the project that we actually had a chance. It wasn't, it wasn't, again, it wasn't just something that was just theoretical. And we sat in Toronto thinking about how to make some recommendations. We had a chance to go out there and learn from people that are actually trying to do this. That project really stood out and um, I really, I enjoyed working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, like what you said, just about not just sitting in Toronto, because um, what I also just loved about just the projects and the professors was that if you wanted to do a project outside of Toronto, you were more than welcome to, right? And so it wasn't just yeah. this Toronto centric based um, learning because I think you know yes a lot of people will be working in Toronto but there's so many people that are now outside of Toronto and I think that that was a, a really a positive positive aspect of what uh, I got absolutely yeah. and I think it was you know I, I, I wasn't expecting to get that exposure for some of that that rural planning and, and I think uh, that was fantastic as well because it's also yeah how do we apply something that you know we may have you know, seen as like creative economies as being, you know, things that are happening in more urban areas. But of course, we know people are drawn towards rural areas for a variety of reasons, sometimes simply because the nature of the creative economy is, is, is placed 
uh, within a rural or, or a farming context. Um, and in other cases, like the wine barrel makers, it was such a great story. They were wanting to use local Prince Edward County wood to be able to then have local Prince Edward County wines aged in these barrels, which is, I mean, from when we're thinking about, you know, what that can do for even the, you know, creating a truly local wine is, is, is really fantastic. So, yeah. Um, so my last question is what is your favorite city and why either, whether you've lived in it or just visited or. Yeah. Um, this one is hard to choose because I really, <laughs> yeah, I really love a lot of cities and having a favorite is, is, is tough, but I, I think I keep always coming back to, uh, really looking fondly back at my time visiting Paris and maybe it's a bit cliche but I just really really loved everything from riding around in the metro system to walking around and it, again checking out the neighborhoods both feeling like there were tourist areas but the tourist areas felt integrated into sort of the, the you know the the whole city as well and um just, I mean, the architecture there in, in that city. And also I, I'd love to, at this point, you know, from a now having worked in active transportation and, and then cycling, the city's made a lot of investments since the last time I was there, uh, you know, in terms of carving out public space and dedicating it to people that are walking and cycling, closing roads. Uh, so I, I'm excited at some point to go back and even see that change and uh, how the city's continued to sort of uh, make it easier for people to walk and bike. So, yeah, I would say I would say Paris. I've never lived there, so I don't I don't know if I would uh, necessarily be my favorite city to live in. I, I maybe it would. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, definitely, it's a it's a really special place to visit. I think I also liked it because I had I tend to try and travel and maybe see to like you know it's rare to have an opportunity. I ended up having almost like a week there, which uh, I'm trying to remind myself to do that more often because when you see a city for just two to three days, you're really just getting a glimpse of it. And I think it's because I was there for longer and I had a chance just to go and wander and sit in a cafe and do all those things that I think you probably have more opportunities to do when you're living in a, in a place. And, And even then I still was only scratching the surface of those experiences I think that gives you a different appreciation when you slow down your pace a little bit for when you're exploring a city. Yeah, for sure. Um, so those are all my questions. Thanks so much for uh, being on the podcast. And I know this yeah. is your lunch hour. So thank you. For- yeah, no worries. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for, uh, this is a great idea. Like you said, I think it's a great way to share sort of stories with um, with people and uh, send me the link when you have a chance when, when sure, it's published. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Catherine. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to my chat with Catherine. Stay tuned for more episodes.